Hi, and welcome to Catastrophic Comeback. Uh, this particular uh, series within Catastrophic Comeback is devoted to people that might have legal ways to recover from uh, catastrophic events. Uh, the Catastrophic series as a whole is designed to, to help anybody who's uh, had a life-changing event in their lives, uh, a life-changing injury, loss of a loved one, a diagnosis, something, something terrible, whether you have legal recourse or not. This particular series is devoted to those who do have legal recourse or may have legal recourse. And so we want those people to have um, an idea of what to do going forward. And so, for example, when my kids were little, uh, they used to love to ride roller coasters, you know, and I hate riding roller coasters. And so, uh, but what I found that is, is that when I, it was, it was intimidating for me. So what I found that if I was in line and I, and I could look it up on my phone and see like a point of view uh, video of, of roller coasters and how, and, and what to expect, then it took away some of the fear, some of the anxiety, and it made it easier for me to, to, uh, you know, participate and enjoy myself. And so I'm hoping that by us talking to you and showing you, um, what to expect, in a uh, litigation process, in a uh, in, to, to to engage in a in a, a legal recovery, in a financial recovery, in a legal in, in a legal uh, battle to uh, uh, recover damages, that it'll take away some of the fear, take away some of the anxiety, and put you in a better position to make good decisions for yourself and your family, and then lead to a a, a comprehensive recovery so that you can make a full and complete, you know. Uh, physical, financial, and emotional recovery. And that's the purpose of this particular series. So welcome. I hope you enjoy. Welcome to the Catastrophic Comeback Podcast with American injury lawyer Clark Speaks, helping you find hope, purpose, and joy after a catastrophic injury. Welcome back. I'm continuing my conversation with Jeff Watson, managing attorney at uh, Speaks Law Firm. Jeff, let's talk a little bit more about some specific examples of cases that might involve both um, uh, workers' compensation and third-party uh, liability uh, claims. Um, now, you mentioned before that uh, generally uh, workers' comp is the exclusive remedy against your employer. Uh, there are some exceptions to that, but that means that if somebody's working in a big factory for ABC company and ABC, uh, he's that person, he is, is employed by ABC company and another employee from ABC company is operating a machine and drops something. And even if that person is uh, careless or, or negligent, drops something and hurts, uh, you know, our guy, then um, that's generally the exclusive remedy. Is that right? That's correct. Okay. Now, uh, as you know, in our experience, a lot of times it's more complicated than that, right? Like the, the operator of the machinery might not work for ABC company or that person, it might be on a job site that was overseen by another entity, another corporation, and maybe the rules uh, weren't followed like they should. Can you talk to me about some specific examples uh, without divulging any uh, 
client confidentiality or without uh, honoring all of our, our um, you know, uh, confidential, confidential settlement agreements. But give me some examples, uh, some theoretical examples that mirror some, some uh, specific examples of these kinds of scenarios, please. Well, so, you know, if you're working at a big project, let's say there's a general contractor, there's a subcontractor, and then there's multiple other sub-subcontractors. Uh, sometimes these, you know, huge million, billion dollar uh, properties. You've got multiple layers there of, of, of who's responsible to supervise, to make sure the environment is safe for their workers. Um, and, and all of them have different workers on the job site. You might have an electrician, you might have a plumber, you might have somebody laying brick, different things, you know, and, and, and they're all working around. I have a general contractor, you might have a property owner. Yeah, they're all working around things like that uh, and, and, and doing different tasks. And sometimes somebody that's doing one of those other tasks, not the one that our person is doing, you know, could injure our person. It could be, uh, you know, something with a, a, a machine that, that runs into somebody. Uh, it could be, uh, you know, somebody uh, causing you to fall from a, a height uh, that you're working on, some kind of a ladder or something. Uh, you know, somebody hits it while you're up on a ladder and you fall off. Or the ladder wasn't set up correctly in the first place. Yeah, or, or you know, the, the machine that you're operating is defective somehow, and somebody was responsible for maintaining that machine and making sure it works properly. Um, you know, we, you know, if if I if we've got somebody who's driving a forklift, you know, we've talked a lot about forklifts hitting other people, but if I, we've got somebody's driving a forklift and that forklift is supposed to be like it's leased from another company, and somebody else is supposed to maintain and inspect that every week, and the inspections aren't done, and this equipment that it was leased is defective, and somehow something happens, that forklift throws somebody off, uh, or the brakes don't work and it runs off a ledge, uh, you know, there could be multiple people responsible for that. A general contractor, the leasing company, uh, you know, somebody that's, um, uh, that's supposed to inspect that forklift. Uh, there could be a number of, and so you really, we really have to do a deep dive into the facts of that case and find out everybody that's involved and sometimes go after all those people. Meanwhile, that, em that employee has a workers' compensation claim that's not fault-based with their own employer because they were injured on the job, even though their employer might have had nothing to do with, with their injury. So that's one thing I think that's an important point. And, you know, if somebody's in this situation and they were hurt at work, really serious, or, you know, in a real serious accident, and they have life-changing injuries, uh, you know, uh, and, and, and it's somebody else's fault, they're in this combination sort of situation. I mean, it's unmistakably a terrible tragedy, right? There's nothing, nothing there's no other way to look at it. If there is a benefit to the thing, uh, it would be better to be in that situation where you have a potential uh, recovery from two parties, and there's, there's, they're not the same recovery, right? There's a difference between what you're eligible and able to recover in comp, workers' comp compensation versus what you can recover in third-party cases. Is that right? That's right. Workers' comp, you know, you're, you're getting medical treatment. They're paying a certain percentage of your wages. It's around two-thirds of your wages that, that you're getting paid uh, and they're they're trying to treat you and get you better and get you restored back to where you can get back to work 
if that's possible. Sometimes it's not possible. Um, so, uh, you know, if someone's got permanent disabilities, there, you know, you can recover that adds value to a workers' compensation claim if they can't do that job and they have to be retrained to do some other job. Uh, personal injury case, for example, is different because you can get pain and suffering. You can't get that in workers' compensation. It's just your medical bills and your treatment and, and two-thirds of your wages. In a personal injury claim, you can get that other one-third of your wages you're not being paid. Uh, you, can, you can get pain and suffering for the fact that you had to undergo two surgeries. Uh, you can get, re you can get uh, further recovery, more compensation than you could in a workers' comp claim. Loss of use, uh, you know, loss of enjoyment of life and those kinds of things that really exactly. expand. Exactly, long term. Yeah. Uh, so one thing that I think is, uh, is worth mentioning about the, uh, is uh, with respect to these, uh, one good thing about workers' comp, it doesn't necessarily give you some of the lost wages, loss of use, loss of enjoyment that can, can, can fully compensate you for a catastrophic injury. But the benefits of workers' comp can start immediately, right? You can start getting that check immediately because after a, you know, after a person is in a hotel room and people leave, I mean, I'm sorry, in a hospital room and, 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 and the family and friends leave and they tell them it's going to be okay and, they, and, they, and the doctors tell them whatever the doctor's got to tell that person, uh, you know, rent's still due on the first. Car payment's still due on the first. Kids got to have, uh, you know, uh, lunch money, you know. Those bills keep coming in. So, so it is a blessing under that circumstance that workers' comp is there uh, if it's set up correctly and, if it's, and if, it's, if it's done correctly to pay for those, that, 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 that check on a, you know, continuously through the process because it works differently in third-party cases, right? The compensation works much differently. Can you tell us about that? Yeah, in a third-party case, you know, it, you generally don't get compensated until after you finish treating or, or, or reach some point where you're not going to get any better. Um, and, and, and then there's, you know, then there's a demand that's sent out. You know, we're trying to negotiate that, maybe a lawsuit, you know, that, that has to occur. And sometimes that can take a long time. If someone's seriously injured, they might treat for two or three years. Uh, before they're actually better. And we don't want to settle that case before they're done because then they're not going to get compensation for the stuff that's to come. Like we want them to get as, as, Full well, and as, complete. as well as they can get, and then we'll try to resolve that. So during that long period of time, there's nothing coming in if you can't work. Workers' compensation would keep some kind of a check coming in. To and pay for medical treatment. Correct. And without that without... That, that workers' comp, sometimes it is difficult. Life-changing care costs a lot of money. And, right. if, and, if, and if, if workers' comp is there to help to pay for that care, then people get money. People can get that care. But if workers' comp is not there, how do people, how do people get, pay for the treatment that they need if there's no workers' comp there? Well, typically there's health insurance. Sometimes we can set treatment up on a lien where they will just get paid at the end when you recover. You know, we've got different ways we can try to do that, but, um, you know, it, it's, it's, you know, what you don't want is a lawyer that is sort of a general lawyer. It may be a great lawyer, but they may not do workers' compensation. That is a very niche area of the law. Or third-party liability. Or third-party liability. You know, 
and, and maybe not both. You know, what you really want is a firm that can do both that has specialists that deal with catastrophic cases on a regular basis, that deal with workers' compensation and all the nuances of that. Well, so one thing that I think is important is that uh, the, the, the is that the 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 people who are involved in the case understand um, how to set it up from the beginning, so that so that each of these things is maximized from the client's perspective, from the injured person's perspective. One thing that I have noticed in these in these catastrophic cases from a worker's compensation perspective, is, you know, a person falls off of a crane, a person is run over by a bulldozer, a person falls off of a roof, you know. They're taken to the hospital, a per, uh, there's an explosion. They're taken to the hospital, worker's comp goes to work. I mean, they get that person to the hospital, they get that person set up on treatment, uh, and, and they start off great, right? And then people get sort of lulled into a sense of complacency. Oh, they're going to do the right thing. They're going to take care of me. And then what we see is over time, workers' comp will start pulling stuff away. The injuries are the same, the life-changing injuries, you know, and the person's making some progress towards recovery, but they're never going to be the same. And workers' compensation carriers, their job, like any other insurance company, is to control costs, right? Is to minimize the payment they have to make for these claims. Right. And so they'll start pulling back, you know, maybe a person has um, round-the-clock care, and they start pulling it back till, uh, you know, um, eight-hour care. Or they start seeing that a person's wife is taking up some of that care, and they'll start, they'll, uh, they'll, uh, they'll sort of say, okay, well, your wife is taking care of that, so we'll, maybe we'll go to four hours, you know? Have you seen examples of those kinds of things? We do. Um, you know, we, we see situations where people need surgeries. I was talking to a client the other day who's in a workers' compensation case. This is actually one where they have a third-party case as well. But they really need a surgery. Um, they cannot do their job, and the workers' compensation carrier and the physician that they hired has basically said, you're supposed to go back to work. Like, you don't need the surgery. Uh, you should be fine. And they're not fine. They cannot do – they cannot – lift the boxes that's required in their job. So we've got, you know, our workers' compensation team has to go in and, and, and fight that and sometimes take it to a hearing and, and, and have a ruling on whether that person can get that surgery or not. Sometimes we have to go get a second opinion from another expert uh, to come in and say, yes, they do need that surgery. Um, so we, we often have to fight those issues, the workers' comp, and make sure they're taking care of our people correctly. So that brings us uh, to another uh, part of our conversation. And when we get back, when we come back next, I'd like to uh, talk about uh, whether people should, uh, after something like this happens, should they call immediately or they should wait and see. Thank you for joining us, and we'll see you next time.